1: Coming to you from fabulous
2: Las Vegas. The right side is the winning side.
1: The late move is the correct move.
2: Sports betting capital of the world. We all know when a sharp like me weighs in, the lines move. It's a party for your
1: ears. (laughs) This is The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I want to buy that guy a buffet.
2: Welcome back to The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I am Chad Millman from the Action Network. On the phone with me from the Orleans, representing all the boy gaming books, not just in the state of Nevada. He is becoming closer and closer to the bookmaker to the world, Mr. Bob Scoochie.
1: Hey, Chad, what's going on?
2: Listen, we haven't been together for a while because we've yeah. been taking various vacations. Um. And since we last got together, Scooch, it's almost like the world has found sports betting in particular this week in particular. So there's there's we're going to be we're going to do some pretty serious capital J questions right now. Capital J journalism questions, because uh, it is Wednesday afternoon and uh, I'd say over the past 48 hours. There have been some incredible announcements about what's happening in the sports world around uh, sports betting. Number one is um, on Monday, I believe, the MGM and Boyd, your company, made an announcement that they were merging forces for a variety of sports book operations. Explain to me what's going on explain to the world what's happening and how this brings you closer to being bookmaker of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a whirlwind actually since ever since the repeal of PASPA, there's just so many things happening so so very quickly. So so the deal with with MGM and Boyd, it's l- really larger than sports betting. It's kind of online and iGaming, gaming, which is kind of interactive gaming, it's, you know, slot machines, uh, blackjack on your mobile devices. There's a whole, it's a whole new direction uh, that, uh, you know, each state is kind of passing regulations to allow for more and more. So the two companies decided to j- join forces to get into markets that each other weren't already in. So in other words, Boyd was in uh, 10 states <clears throat> around the country and MGM was in some other states. So by merging, it allowed MGM to get into some of the states they weren't already in, such as like uh, Kansas and Iowa, It's a lot of the Midwestern states. And it allowed Boyd to get into states that we were no longer in, such as New Jersey. So uh, with sports betting being a part of that online gaming, it allows for uh, sports betting into some of those jurisdictions that we weren't already in. All right.
2: Explain as Denzel Washington likes to say in his movies. Explain this to me like I'm 5. I don't really understand. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. anything you just said. All I heard is all I heard is MGM Boyd slots iGaming jurisdictions New Jersey flyover states uh I don't know how this affects me as a sports fan or a sports bettor or how this affects me as a fan of you and your world dominance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I don't understand a lot of it yet. It's still it's still uh, evolving. So, But basically, it's going to mean that a, a lot more people can make bets on their phone in a lot of other states, if not right now, in the next two years. And two of the, the companies that will be Kind of leading that charge, or or MGM and Boyd being in so many different jurisdictions, so many different states. So it just means that you know we can offer more sports betting in a lot of states, both Boyd and MGM, and a lot of people that are looking to bet using their either PCs or or mobile devices are going to be able to make wagers, including sports wagers, but beyond sports wagers. And we're just kind of looking forward, looking to the future to to expand on this whole notion of sports betting.
2: All right. So so I'm clear. If I go to an MGM book in, say, New Jersey, and I want to bet on sports, and I want to do it at the brick and mortar casino like the Borgata, or I want to do it on my phone um, while in the state of New Jersey, that sports book is being operated by whom?
1: We haven't determined that yet. That's too premature for. I mean, there's a a chance that you'll have two different products, an MGM product and a Boyd product, uh, or it could be one. But I mean, it's uh, the it's uh, hasn't been flushed out yet.
2: So the merger, the the what is this like a joint venture? Yeah, JV. They call it JVC? JV. Yeah. JV. JV. Um, yeah. Sounds like it's a varsity to me. You don't play JV, JV yeah. my friend. Anytime, when, anytime Scooch is involved in a deal, they don't call it a JV. They just call it a V.
1: <laughs> I like that. Um,
2: I uh, So basically what happens is like do you guys then – how does it work? Are you guys sharing the profits on bets made through these devices, no matter where the bets are made? Because now you're in more jurisdiction, so it's like you take a little bit less where you might have gotten everything, but you're getting a little bit more where you're getting nothing.
1: Well, I, I can't go into the commercial agreement part of it because there's a lot of other things involved. But but yeah, there's a there's a sharing of uh, uh, of payments and and money being put into the, the the joint venture. But it just allows more opportunity for both companies. You know, so without having to buy actual giant casinos in every state in order to operate, these are the ways that the big companies can get into sports betting in each state. Because remember, it's not federally approved. It's just kind of federally not banned. So each state drafts their own Uh, regulations surrounding sports betting so companies like ours are trying to get into as many big markets as we can and we're already in a lot of big markets with casinos but now this allows us to get into big markets without actually having the casino in that state does that make sense
2: so totally makes sense i love it for you who's running the mgm sportsbook right now is it jay rude yes so can we get jay rude on the podcast one day and have a showdown because what I would like, <laughs> yeah, I would like it settled on the podcast, who's going to be the sports book maker to the world?
1: Yeah. Well how are you, you guys, know, how are you guys gonna settle this scooch? Uh, there's so many things happening so quickly and every day changes. It's like, it's like you're out there on the ocean and every time the wind changes, you're going, you're moving in another direction. And, and that's kind of what's happened. Now, MGM made s- still a, another deal separate than, than ours and separate from the other one you wanted to talk about, but they also made one with a company called GVC. And I don't know if you s- saw that, but GVC, has a lot of brands like uh, Party Poker and B-Win, and there's a whole bookmaking entity with GVC in Europe. So there may be some other players involved on the MGM side.
2: So what are you going to do to stake your claim? It sounds like it's going to get political, and you might need to start thinking about you.
1: I, I'm, I'm always you- th- I'm always thinking about me, Chad. We got to start. Who we're do I have to, be to lobby? Bookma- bookmaker of the world. That's the goal, right?
2: Yeah. Book, <laughs> it, let, if we're going to be it, let's get it right. Bookmaker to the world.
1: Okay. Bookmaker to the world. Yeah.
2: Let's use the proper preposition. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, listen, I'm
2: Scooch, I'm going to start making some calls. And if I got a call like Big Al, then I'm going to call him.
1: There you go. Big Tony.
2: Big Tony. Yeah. I can't have Big Tony shut you out on this deal.
1: Right.
2: Um, The MGM has been making some moves all week. So you mentioned the GBC Dale, which I think is too in the weeds, a little too inside baseball for uh, this podcast. It's a massive deal and a really important deal um, and a really cool deal. And congrats to everyone who did it. But uh, the other big deal is MGM and NBA. What's your take on this? This is a very interesting deal. Um, Yeah. Give me your thoughts. As a bookmaker in Nevada, I am sure you have a lot of thoughts.
1: I do. I'd have to put on a couple of different hats. I mean, on the face of it, just like very, very high level or just, you know, from an objective view, it's a pure marketing deal where the two companies can use each other's brand. So the NBA can use the Uh, and MGM brand in a lot of their marketing, both you know, on in the digital space on on their web pages and whatever marketing they're doing uh, on their mobile app, and then vice versa, MGM can use the NBA's intellectual property and actually use the NBA logos without any fear of, you know, getting sued or anything like that. So so, so on the face of it, it's a, it, more than anything, it's a marketing deal between uh, the, the two companies. With regard to the actual bookmaking end of it, now I'm going to put on my other hat. I, I don't see a lot of teeth in this in terms of, okay, the NBA is going to really, you know, they're going to give me some great data now that, you know, we didn't have before. And that's going to really... Help the bookmaking side. That part, um, <laughs> I, I think I need to see a little bit more, a uh, l- little bit more evidence of that. I mean, what what type of data are you now going to get that you didn't get before?
2: So I, I think I agree with you. I think that's interesting. Feels like a great deal for the NBA. Is there anything to the idea that the MGM's data will be faster? Will this help accelerate the opportunity for in-game wagering in places where? Um, in game is not available yet. Uh, what yeah. about those elements?
1: Yeah, then that is entirely true. So the one, the one thing with in play wagering now, it, it depends on how kind of real time you want to get with your bet offering. So in other words, let's let's take a a, a, a basketball game. If you wanted to book whether or not somebody's making a free is going to make or miss a free throw, a lot of times there's not. Uh, enough time to actually offer that wager from any kind of a, a feed that you're getting, whether it's through Direct TV or local broadcast. There's always a few second delay. So the theory or, or the actual reality is that if you're in the stadium or in the arena and you're able to make that bet as it's happening, you're you can. Uh, you can almost make the bet after the the point's been made. So so that so that's one of the reasons that they don't offer that much in play in that granular. Like in other words, like every second of every every part of the game, you can't offer that much real time because you're always on a delay. So with this deal now, the NBA is now giving some real time data which can allow an operator like MGM to offer more in play wagering with real time. So they can, they can offer more now because they're getting a real time feed as opposed to a three second feed or a six second feed. So that, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but a six second delay is enough to where I can't book that miss or make free throw proposition because people in the arena are going to see the results before I'm able to book it. So you, so the, you just don't even offer it. Uh, so, so now with some real-time data, uh, you know, you're able to offer more than you were able to offer before. Not for nothing, Scooch. Uh, that sounds like a big deal to me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it could be. It, 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 how much in play? I guess it depends on where and how much in play you think you're gonna you're gonna drive from it. I mean, a lot of people still. Like I'm calling you. bullshit. I am calling <laughs> bullshit on you
2: right now, Scooch, because you know, you know that in Europe, in-game wagering is blowing up. It is seventy percent of the handle in Europe. And you know in Nevada, at a lot of sports books, go down to the street, talk to your friend Jay Cornegate at the Westgate, it is becoming like fifty percent of the handle of some of these sports books. In-game wagering with that kind of data is a huge, huge deal. And I think anyone who says that this isn't a good deal for the MGM for that is jealous.
1: Okay. So let me clarify a couple things. Yeah. It's a big deal, but in terms of actual profits derived from whatever they're going to get, I I'm still skeptical on it because mo yeah, Europe has 70% of their, their bets are from in play, but it's on sports, European sports like soccer. It's not on American sports. So you see the, the pace of a, bit of a basketball game. They're running up and down the floor. Let's assume there's no fouls or there's no uh, uh, breaks in play. You can't offer anything. They're running back and down the, up and down the floor. You can't offer anything until there's a break in the action, and then you offer it. So actually think of how much, okay, wh- how many more props are you really able to put up as a result of getting that in the NBA? I mean, you took oh, free throws is one. Where can you think of uh, of another one that you didn't already offer in the first place?
2: You're thinking small. The next level, <laughs> here, seriously, the next level for this, and this is what I would do if I were at the MGM and if Jay Roode is listening to this podcast, this is what he should do. You don't use humans to book those props. You get an algorithm that updates every single play. So every single play... There's an automatic change to what the odds are in the game, as well as automatic new props that come up, and then people make the bets instantaneously. So you take the humans out of the equation, and I guarantee you there's someone at MIT who could build that algorithm right now.
1: We, that's what everyone's using already on InPlay. I'm just saying it depends on just how how granular, I can't say that word, but how <laughs> how, how uh minute you want to get with your offerings. I mean, do you want do you want to offer every possession, just back and forth? I mean, yeah, I, I guess you can. You um, do, Scooch, you do, because you want like, this is, it's going to be
2: a volume game. It's going to be a yeah. pennies game. It's not going to be a dollars game. You want every single penny that comes in, and your handle will grow with the minute bets, not with the side action that comes in before the game. Listen. Well, I, if you I need me to come value. out there, if you need me <laughs> to come out there and figure out how to run everyone's business in Vegas, I'm happy to do it. No,
1: no, I, 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 admit that it's a big deal. I'm just saying, putting a putting a dollar value and a dollar value to it and monetizing it. I think that's kind of a big unknown. And what I got is- Robo, and I got Robo ready with the al- algorithms, my friend.
2: Oh, I love Robo he is so good. He is so good. Yeah. The fact yeah. that you haven't done the podcast for like three weeks and you're able to do a callback to Robo Scooch is pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> tells me how much how much you love the podcast. Next, yes. here's my other question for you. Um, we actually have a lot of – just for the for the record, I didn't even do this in the beginning and I should have done this. So it's a little late. But um, we are going to talk major football. Like we are going deep on football in this podcast. Um But I do need to ask you one more question, which is, are you angry that the MGM did this deal with the NBA? Are bookmakers angry that the MGM did this deal with the NBA and essentially cratered to the NBA's demands?
1: I'm not going to speak on behalf of uh, um, anyone on that. Uh, I've heard some comments from other bookmakers and when when the deal was announced some other bookmakers in town were not happy at all and they voiced their concern and the concern was that obviously a lot of the leagues want to monetize sports betting now that pass has been repealed and again we're trying to say how many real dollars are is out there to be made it, can we can we still make sure that all these entities make millions of dollars and still not affect any of the pricing that would, you know, drive money back to illegal markets that that don't have to pay some of these exorbitant fees. I mean, this is kind of what happened, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s, where some illegal jurisdictions were able to offer more attractive pricing because they just didn't have the overhead. So now, the you know, there's we need to figure out exactly how much money is out there to be made before we start saying we, these guys get millions and these guys get millions and everyone gets millions. And, you know, at the end of the day, does everybody, the, do the operator still make money and is it still worth it to, to to do it? So there's there's a lot of questions. And like I said, it's really only been a couple of months of actually delving into this where everything's kind of getting flushed out. Um, but some some of the people around town, some of the uh, some of the other bookmakers were, were not happy with it because just on principle that that's just that's just the NBA. You know, is NFL next? Uh, uh, the NHL, Gary Bettman came out and, and said that uh, that he wants money, that the NHL wants money. So, you know, you, you can't you can't give everybody a piece of the action and still have any any money left. You know, let's say there's let's say you're betting a, a four team parlay and you're including uh let's say you're including a baseball game, a football game, basketball game, hockey game, let's throw in NCAA, let's say it's a five team parlay, and each league wants one percent of the handle. That's five percent of the handle that you're giving out to the leagues. And if your theoretical hold is four and a half percent or five percent, you've made zero money. I mean the the math is there. So it's just You got to be careful with some of the kind of slippery slope we're going down on.
2: Sounds like the NBA got a good deal, man. They did it right.
1: I think the NBA got a good deal, too. I I agree with you.
2: Yeah, good for them. Listen, let's transition. (laughs) Let's transition. It's going to be interesting how you as bookmaker to the world manage this particular scenario. You've got a lot of ground to cover. you got to go figure out how to topple J. Roode and the rest of the MGM. You've got to figure out how to do <laughs> deals with the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA and anyone else. You've got a lot of work. Before we get there, you and I have to talk about NFL because the Hall of Fame game is tomorrow night. This is Wednesday. Um People are betting on it nonstop and we need to talk about futures and we need to talk about season win totals. I need the five futures right now that are getting the most action from the public and the most action from the wise guys.
1: Uh, most action from the public. Uh, I mean, you still get uh, the, the the usual contenders, you know, the, the Patriots and Patriots, Eagles, Steelers. I would say from the public, I would put um, the Vikings, Packers, and Steelers right at the top. The top three. That's in wow. terms of yeah. I, that's in terms of number of tickets. Um, we saw the, uh, uh, the the Vikings line drop from uh, our opener of twelve to one. Uh, we're now down to eight to one. On the vikings and 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 most of that is just largely uh just just public money wow um, nice i mean we got we got a little on the raiders but um i i would put them probably fourth next to the three i mentioned vikings packers steelers and then probably raiders is right there raiders are right there
2: raiders interesting yeah, yeah. so yeah. so you started off saying Patriots, Eagles, Steelers, but then you backtracked and said Vikings, Packers, Steelers, Raiders. So are the Patriots yeah. and Eagles not up there?
1: So the yeah, they're probably fifth and sixth. Uh, I mentioned them first because they're the they were the opening top two, uh, you know, from from the Super Bowl. So they were the opening favorites uh, to start the new odds. So, uh, but in terms of actual tickets written. Um, I think it was those in order of the teams that I just mentioned. So Packers, Vikings, Packers, Steelers, then Raiders, and then followed closely by Patriots-Eagles.
2: And what have the Packers dropped to? Uh,
1: the Packers are now down to 9-1. to one.
2: What did they start at?
1: And they opened also at 12-1. to one.
2: And what about the Steelers?
1: And the Steelers are... They opened... Well, oh, actually, the Steelers opened 8-1, to and they're up to 10-1 to because most of that's public money. You also mentioned who are who the wise guys betting, and there's a couple of teams that are getting a lot of money from the wise guys, too. Know, uh,
2: we're going to get there. we are going to get there. We're still on public money? Basically, what you've just told me is that um, you don't respect the public. You have zero respect for the public. You've gone opposite of the public. The public is saying we like the Steelers, and you're saying,
0: "Eh, yeah, do
1: yeah, that. we're okay
2: yeah. with a liability here.
1: Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wasn't real high on him last year too. With uh, and you know, I just, Roethlisberger's, you know, on the kind of downside <laughs> of his career. I'm sure he's got some, some, some great games left in him. But uh, you know, the older the older we all get. Uh, with the exception of Tom Brady's, usually uh, you drop in your your ability level.
2: What about the Raiders? What have they gone from?
1: Uh, the Raiders opened up at uh, eighteen to one, and we're down to twelve to one on them. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's largely, I mean, you know, I drive by the Raiders stadium every day on the way to the Orleans, it's only a mile down the road. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm around town with the Raiders coming here. You see the logos up, you see the billboards, uh, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be just this next couple of years is just going to be just more and more Raiders branding and, uh, co-branding. So it's, it's going to be, uh, there's a lot of embracing of the team especially with the success of the vegas golden knights and now to have another franchise in another league the nfl uh people are kind of getting excited about it and they're throwing down a few bucks even though the the raiders aren't physically here in, in in vegas yet
2: okay so the vikings the packers i get the steelers i get they're generally a public team the raiders i understood as soon as you said it pats and eagles i totally get why do we think the Vikings are getting so much public action? <laughs> Does everybody believe in Kirk Cousins?
1: So yeah, I, I think they were looking at last year. I mean, they they got so close last year, and uh, and their defense certainly uh, uh, was a contending team. And they're they're still a public team. The Vikings still have a lot of support over the years, even though they've you know just never quite made it to that that pinnacle. Uh, But uh, I I think there is a lot of support for Cousins. I think that there's always been that kind of question marks surrounding the quarterback positions. It was always like, okay, this is really a great team, but just no consistency from the quarterback position. And, you know, uh, the quarterbacks that they did have that were good just couldn't stay healthy, like Bridgewater and Bradford. And so they're looking at a guy that, hey, this guy at least can stay healthy, and they've got the rest of the team surrounding him. So uh, I guess they just felt that there was a little value there.
2: So you kind of just jinxed him, which is cool.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm not a Vikings fan.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so we will tell you, you know, here at the Action Network, we do a show for ESPN Plus, and uh, last week we ran through the season win totals for the NFC North and the AFC South. I had both the Packers and the Vikings going over their season win total. Wow! Yeah. So I would be on that bag win I, bandwagon. I guess you would say that I'm I'm John Q. Public right now because you are.
1: Yes, you I are. Am. Yep. Yep. Give me something deep. Go deep and give me like, you know, your prediction on maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something like that. Then I'd be impressed.
2: What is the Tampa? <laughs> what, what, what is What is the Bucs uh, total right now? What is their season win total?
1: Well, we've got it. We've got it down right now because of uh, because of Winston. Uh, so, I, I mean, if the suspension holds up and so there's some there's some question marks on that one.
2: All right, so pick a team that you might actually, you know, okay. that you. Posted. How about the
1: How about the Lions?
2: Under me, I chose the, the Lions, Lions. Under, here's why I chose really? the Lions. Under. Yeah, way under. By the way, last okay, year the we Lions were
1: at seven seven and a half. Just so everyone knows, seven and care. a half.
2: Which, don't care. Don't okay. care. Don't care. Number one. <clears throat> number one. Uh, they had big wins last year. They beat I think the Jags, the Saints. They beat the Eagles. Um, they also lost to the Bears, the Giants. The Cowboys, like, they had bad losses last year, and when they won, they were, as usual, like cardiac kid teams, and they've got a harder schedule. Um, I am not impressed with what they've done to their roster, and I think in this division where the Vikings are improved, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers back, I actually think the Bears are improved. They are the weakest team in this division. I do not see them winning seven and a half games.
1: Wow, I'm impressed Yeah, that's not that's not a John Q. public. That's 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 going deep. I like it. Tony Very well done. test Robert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was
2: good. I am like this close to taking your job because of my strategy around in-game wagering. Like Big Tony's going to listen to this podcast. He's going to be like, "I got to get that Millman guy." That Millman guy deserves an Italian villa, villa, and a courtyard. I don't know why yes, we gave. Did. this um, yeah, okay. let's do um, the uh, futures. Which are the wise guys on uh, the Rams? Uh,
1: that was uh, that was one of the lines we opened up at fifteen to one early on in the season, and uh, down to seven to one now on the Rams, and a lot of its uh, a lot of its sharp money. Okay, um, uh, the Rams. The other one uh, got a lot on the 49ers um, not a whole lot of public money but some pretty pretty big bets on the 49ers we were at uh, 20 to one uh, got bet down to 12 to one mm-hmm. so uh, some money there um, and a little bit on the Broncos uh, so a little just a taste at, at 35 to 1. And that was it. That's stupid. Who did that? that (laughs) Give me,
2: give me that. It's account number, and we're gonna call that person because that is just dumb. That's a waste of money. How much do you have on that one? What's
1: your liability? Uh, I I can't give you the exact liability.
2: What are you talking about? Ballpark it. Like three grand, eight grand, fifty grand, (laughs) higher than that. Higher than fifty grand? Yeah. You have yeah. higher than 50
1: grand on the Broncos at 35 to one. Was that you're, one bet? You're talking about the liability. Oh liability. Yeah. Liability. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about you talking about actual dollars on it? Yeah. Uh five figures. Five figures.
2: Yeah. One better or was that multiple people? Two betters. Two betters. Yeah. Two bettors. I don't know. I don't know about these guys. It sounds like these guys have too much money.
1: <laughs> and I, I left one out. There's another team that uh that actually got some some pretty decent money at 50 to 1. And and I and I agree with this one and, and moved it pretty uh pretty aggressively. Who was that? Uh uh the Giants. I gotta tell you. So what did you move it to? Uh 25 to 1. How do you feel about the Giants?
2: I am a fan. Me too. I am a really big fan. I like their schedule. Um, I thought that team was a fluky (laughs) mess last year. Uh, Clearly, the coach did not know what he was doing. They had no run support. Eli was exposed because he had no run support and no Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I think this roster is improved just by Odell coming back. I think Saquon Barkley... I'm not alone in thinking that he could be sort of Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, like those two guys, you know, if you look back at sort of the last two guys, they were workhorse running backs. They got the ball a lot. They performed the level of expectation. Um, Barkley is built in that mold. They are a sneaky good team. Like I actually, the Jaguars are four point favorites on the road against the Giants at home in week one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I am going all in on the Giants in that game.
1: I we're down giants. to three, three and a half. We're we're down to on that one, and I and I agree with you, and and we did move it fast. And I moved the uh, the season win total up to uh, seven over a dollar sixty, uh, based on largely everything that you said, in addition to some great athletes. Uh, in the in the sec- defensive secondary that they've got, they've got some of the best athletes at the corner and free safety position. They shored up the, the offensive line to protect Eli's blindside. Uh, I kind of like, I really like them in their division. I know, that I know everyone's looking at the Cowboys, and uh, I mean it's a tough division, the Eagles. But uh, I, I agree with you; they could be a sneaky team.
2: Yeah, I l- see. I like the guys who bet on that more than I like the guys who bet on the Broncos. I think the guys who bet on the Broncos should have their wise guy cards taken away, and the guys <laughs> who bet on the Giants should be uh, elevated to the varsity.
1: Yeah, I like that we can go back. I want to archive these. Uh, uh, that you already archive, and I want to go back and at the end of the season and see and, uh, and see how well you you predict it.
2: Well, at this point, like it, what I've predicted is that the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. So if they lose. I'm screwed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I am predicting uh, I am predicting um, the Giants to go over seven wins. I'm writing these down. So that's why it's taking me seven wins. I'm predicting the Lions to go
1: under seven
2: and a half. Um, What did you do on these two? You were with me. So, yeah,
1: I'm with you on the Giants for sure. What about the Lions? The Lions, I like. I, I don't have a strong opinion on that, but I certainly wouldn't go over the total. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say I'm with you on that one.
2: You know what we're gonna do? We actually, I'm pulling a little fake on people. I think we need to break this podcast up into two parts. And yeah. I think next next week, we have to do season win totals. Okay. This week that sounds good. We're doing futures next week is season win
1: totals. Yep. You know what I mean? That That sounds good to me. And next we need week, to spend more than just a few minutes on this.
2: Yeah, next week, uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN is going to come on the podcast, and maybe what I'll do is I'll have Barnwell come on with you and me, so we can have a full-on debate. Um, you don't—I know you don't like follow anybody other than yourself, uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> Barnwell is probably the premier NFL, one of the premier NFL writers in the country. He is uh, ESPN's lead. NFL columnist.
1: Nice. Okay. Looking forward to that. You're not impressed. <laughs> you you should know me by now. I don't get impressed by anything. <laughs> oh no way! I take that back. I was impressed by your assessment of the Lions' season win total.
2: Sure. <laughs> in uh, in nearly twenty years of friendship, that's the first time I've ever <laughs> been, <laughs> been impressed with anything I've said.
1: That's pretty much true. Yeah. All
2: right. Let's review here for a second. Season, uh, Super Bowl futures right now. Uh, the wise guys. This is like this is like preseason rankings. So the wise guys um, are all over the Rams. They've gone from fifteen to one to seven to one. The 49ers, yeah. from twenty to one to twelve to one. The yeah. Broncos went from yeah. thirty five to one. Are they still at thirty five to one, or what are they at now? Uh,
1: they're at uh, thirty. Thirty to one. 30.
2: Yeah. Uh which I think is stupid. And then the Giants from fifty to one to twenty-five to one. I like I like the Moxie. I don't agree with the bet, but I, I look if you're gonna m- take a flyer, that's like value. That's a fun one to right. put in the bank. Um right. and I might actually, you know what? I might do that too. I might make get a, a little, my t- little
1: taste on that, huh? Get a little taste
2: of that Giants twenty-five to one. Um <laughs> and then and then if we're talking about the public, John Q public, which I don't disagree with, and by the way. Um, Also on I'll take that bet. I have gone with the Rams under their season win total and the 49ers over their season win total. Um, And then John Q public. uh, We have the Vikings have gone from 20 to one. No, no, from 12 to one to eight to one. That's yeah. number one in the one position. The Packers have gone from 12 to 1 to 9 to 1. The Steelers have gone from 8 to 1 to 10 to 1, but that's because you have zero respect for the public when it comes to the Steelers. Yes. Um, the Raiders, 18 to 1 to 12 to 1. Uh, here's what's interesting to me. You, you, you conceivably have big liability on the Steelers, 8 to 1, and yet you went up and all the other
1: public bets you went down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean sometimes you got to put put a little bit of opinion into it and just take take a little bit of a stand.
0: Wow, you
2: really don't like the Steelers.
1: I yeah, I just don't think they're getting over the hump. I don't think they're going all the way. I mean, they've got a great team, but you know, it's a long season and when, when you're getting a little kind of long in the tooth at the, the key positions by the end of the year, it's it's tough. It's tough to tough to get that that, that trophy.
2: Are you shuffling paper in the background? Are you starting to do something else right now? Um, Are you moving on no. to your next
1: task? I'm not, not at all. No, what? I've, I've, I've got the, uh, I've got the headsets in, but sometimes they, oh, they scratch. Uh... does it sound like does it sound like the, the microphone scratching?
2: Yes, that it sounds okay. like scratching your very stiff, starchy suit collar
1: or something like That's, that. that. That's probably it. Yep. <laughs> Right, I need to get Scourge. one of those professional mics that you have, you know, in the booth and everything. Yeah, you, you know. got to get a full
2: setup. Get, get. Listen, you've been podcasting for a while now. You're kind of a star. You should probably upgrade. Why don't you well, upgrade?
1: Yeah. Well, ex- once you I once I'm book, once I'm bookmaker to the U.S., I'll get that fancy mic.
2: All right, I got to call Big Tony right. about that.
1: All right, all right,
2: Scrooge. I'll talk to you next week, and we're going to have a big, big show. We're going to talk about. Uh, Season win totals for the season. Uh thank you for coming on your podcast, The Buffet. Thanks, Chad. Right, Bye, buddy. Talk Bye. later.